Welcome to the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. Is your business getting beaten by the competition? Are your profits dwindling? It's time to kickstart your HVAC business. Here's your host, Nick Balowski. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the HVACBusinessGrowth.com podcast. I'm your host, Nick Balowski. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for today. Today's show is on the unique selling proposition or the unique selling advantage. So I'll just give you a quick overview of what we're going to cover today. Firstly, we're going to discuss what actually is a unique selling proposition. Then we're going to go with what it is not. We're going to cover some examples, which I hope is going to shed some light onto what actually is a unique selling proposition. Then we're going to go over your USP for your business. Then we're going to cover three tactics that you can use in your USP. Then tip of the week, and then that will be the end of the show. So let's so let's get stuck into it. So why don't we first define what is a USP? And we're going to turn to our good friend Wikipedia for this because they give a really excellent uh, definition of what a USP is. So a USP actually gives a precise definition in three parts. So Firstly, each advertisement must make a proposition to the consumer, and it can't just be a wishy-washy uh, string of words put together. It must say to the reader or the viewer, buy this product and you will get this specific benefit. Secondly, the proposition has to be one that your competition cannot or does not offer, so it must be unique, hence the word unique selling proposition. The proposition also must be so strong that it can actually move a market in mass. So it has great pull. So last week we spoke a lot about pull marketing and push marketing. So the proposition itself has to have a lot of pull. It has to be able to knock people off the fence and get them to do business with you. So now is probably as good a time as any to go over what a USP actually is not. So a USP isn't a dumb slogan. So I actually did some research on slogans and most people get confused with slogans in USPs. So this is a few years ago now, but there was a study done of 22 really, really big US-based advertisers and their slogans that they had. So of the consumer market, only six of the 22 advertisers were recognized by more than 10% of the consumers and Walmart actually topped the list and they actually had, I think it was 66% of people actually recognized their particular slogan that they were using at the time. So what this information is saying is that a lot of these companies are spending over $100 million on advertising on these dumb slogans, I guess you could say, and more than 90% of people don't actually identify the slogan at all. So basically, these big companies are just throwing money up against the wall and not getting any really good results as opposed to what they could be doing if they actually had a really strong USP. So an example of a dumb USP, in my opinion, is we're with you. So obviously that is very, very broad. And in fact, it could actually be anybody's slogan or USP that they could use for their business. So it's not very clearly defined at all and there's no direct benefit um, as to what the consumer would actually get if they did business with you. So I want to give you some examples of some USPs and ones that have actually been quite successful. And I think when you hear them, at least two of them, because um, I've got three examples here, when you hear 
at least two of them, you'll start to understand what exactly a USP is. So the first one that I want to go through is a Domino's one. So the Domino's USP that was made famous years and years ago, and it probably is the most famous one in the market, is fresh hot pizza delivered to your door in 30 minutes or it's free. So everybody's probably familiar with the Domino's one and a lot of pizza companies in recent years have actually ripped off that particular claim or made their own version of it. The great thing about it was Domino's uh, grabbed fantastic market share in a short space of time using that USP. But in that statement, it doesn't actually say anything about the pizza actually being good. They just said that it's fresh and it's hot and it's delivered to your door in 30 minutes or it's free. So that's a great statement to be able to stand behind. So all Domino's has to do is make hot pizza that's decent and get it to people's door in 30 minutes. And that's the claim that they're making. So this is pretty simple. To be honest, a pizza company should be doing this sort of thing anyway. Like you don't expect to order a pizza and have to wait for an hour, an hour and a half to get your pizza. So that was a pretty simple one, but it moved the market very, very quickly and Domino's were very, very successful because of that. So the next one that people might be familiar with is FedEx. So FedEx position there's against the Postal Service and their USP was when your package absolutely positively has to be there overnight. So it's a little bit suggestive that it's not clearly spelled out, but this was tremendously successful for FedEx because they were positioning themselves, like I said, against the post office who could never really get the delivery on their packages all that precise and on time. And FedEx stepped in and, again, just completely wiped out the market. And FedEx now, it's, it's one of those terms, I actually forget what these terms are actually called, but people are actually replacing or using the brand FedEx when they're saying that they want to post something. So that just goes to show you how great it is and how powerful USPs can actually be. So the next USP that I want to go over was from Bill Phillips. So if you don't know who Bill Phillips is, he was the man responsible for the Body for Life Challenge, which is a weight loss program, a 12-week weight loss program, which is famous the world over, basically. So he was launching a product, and his USP that he used to market and advertise his product was feel great and double your fat burning with my new transfer solution program. So there's some direct benefits in there that you're going to feel great and you'll actually double your fat burning if you actually lose his program. So it's a great unique selling proposition. There's a guarantee in there that it's going to happen if you use his program that you're going to double your fat burning and you're going to feel great. So Bill Phillips is a fantastic market and he runs successful businesses. So I think you can learn a lot from Bill Phillips but also the USPs from Domino's and FedEx that I covered just a little bit earlier. So I hope by now you're starting to get an idea of what a USP is and what it isn't. So again, a USP isn't a dumb slogan. It's not a tagline or anything like that. It's something that's clearly defined and the benefits are stated for the consumer. Okay, so we've probably spoken enough about other people's USP, so now we want to talk about your USP. So I've got three tactics here that you can use for your USP. So the first one is you can actually go against the negative perception in the market. So one that's quite common is things are made in China or they're made overseas. So if you actually have your products or your services 
based in the US or Australia or the UK or wherever you're from, you can position the manufacturing of your products or services that you've got against the negative perception of the market. Now, China's great from a production point of view, but people have the perception that goods that are produced in China are actually of inferior quality. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. It obviously depends on the market, but you can position yourself with your unique selling proposition to being homegrown or Australian-made or made in the U.S., or made in your country of choice and that's a great position to take in in most markets to be honest so secondly a tactic that you can use is what I call the tell them first tactic so you might actually have something that you're doing in your business that some other people might actually be doing as well but the secret is to actually tell people what you're doing first so I'll give you an example here and it's around the Schlick Brewery and this is a story of quite a few years ago now but originally the Schlick Brewery was number eight in the market in the beer market we're talking here and they actually got a marketing consultant on board and the marketing consultant was given a tour of the factory and the owners of the factory actually went through and said that in the last five years they've actually done 1,623 different experiments on the beer to actually get the perfect process for creating pure beer. Because back in those days when we're talking about this example here, everybody was sprouting that we make pure beer, add beers pure, we have the purest beer, that sort of thing. So what Schlick did is actually came out and in their marketing campaign they discussed the fact that they were doing 1,623 experiments on their beer in the last five years. So what they, what they did, they actually explained why their beer was pure and pure than every other beer that was on the market. So they got an advantage by actually telling the market first what they were doing, even though some other companies might have had similar uh, manufacturing processes. But what actually happened was the Schlick Brewery went from number eight in the market to number one in about six months. And by mobilizing your marketing first and actually getting out and telling people what you're doing, and what the process is and what the effort is that actually goes into manufacturing or into production, you can get a, a great advantage on your competition by just going out there and telling them first. Tell the market first what you're doing before anyone else. And that way, anyone else that comes onto the scene, they can't quite tell the exact same story. If they do, they're going to be a copycat and everyone in the market is going to see that. So you're getting the most unique and distinctive part of the market out to the market first. So the third tactic that I want to discuss is specialization. So this is a bit of a, an oldie, it's quite simple, but it's really, really effective. So if your company or your business actually specializes in doing a particular service or a particular product, and you tend to not do business in any other area, then you should really hone in on this for your unique selling proposition. It's something that you should really, really highlight and magnify and let people know what you're doing because we know the old saying is that you can't be everything to everybody so if you're actually specializing in a particular product or a particular way of manufacturing or a particular service that your business does if you can take that to market and tell them that you're the best at it and that's all that you do people when they have a problem or they need a product and they want the best that's in the market they're going to come to you because 
you're the specialist in that area. And the great thing about being a specialist is that you have pricing advantages as well in two ways. Think of it like a doctor. So a general type of doctor, they have a good rate. Don't get me wrong, they get paid fantastically. But when you go and see a specialist and you want specialist information in that particular area, you always pay more to go and see a specialist. Secondly, from a wholesale perspective, if you're specializing in something, the volume that you're going to be doing can be a lot greater. So that may mean that you're going to be getting a pricing advantage from your distributor or from your wholesaler that you can either choose to pass on to consumers so you can have lower prices or you can just keep a larger margin and charge that specialist rate that we were talking about earlier. So there are some great advantages to taking more of a specialist type of approach in your unique selling proposition. Some other ideas that I have on how to formulate a USP, uh, you can go with the broad selection type of approach where if you have a really big range of air conditioners or heating systems in your business, you can use that sort of approach. If you offer big discounts, which I probably advise that you don't do, but if your company has that advantage in the market, then you can use that as the big promise that you give to the market. If you give great advice and assistance, if you have a great sales team or an after-service team or a service team, you can use that if you like. If you're really convenient, if you have a great location or you've got immediate delivery or installation within a certain period and no other company in the market actually does it, then you can use that as the big promise that you give to the market. If you actually have top-of-the-line products, if you only have the A-grade manufacturing processes or the A-grade products that you're delivering to the market, then use that as your big promise to the market. If your service is speedy, if you have a great uh, telesales team and you promise to have your telephone calls answered and consultations booked in a certain time frame, then you can use that. If you can actually give a more comprehensive warranty or a guarantee that's well above the industry standard, then you can use that. So there's no shortage of ideas that you can actually use for a unique selling proposition. And you're not limited to just one tactic as well. You can actually take a hybrid approach and mix a couple of benefits together or mix a couple of guarantees together to make one super unique selling proposition that you can take to the market. So like I said, the possibilities are really endless with what you can do with this. So I guess the question that you're probably asking is, what results can I expect to get by implementing a unique selling proposition into my heating and cooling business? Well, I don't know everybody's business individually, but I'm pretty sure you can get a 30% improvement by either improving or adopting a unique selling proposition into your business. So if you've actually got a unique selling proposition currently or you think you do, here's some questions that you can keep asking yourself to refine this process. Is your unique selling proposition too generic or could it be used for everyone? Some examples that I've got are, we are with you and that was easy. And that could be used for a nappy company or a paper manufacturer or anything basically. So it's not clearly defined at all. So if your USP or slogan is like that, then I suggest that you probably look at improving that. You need to keep asking when you're formulating a USP, so what? What does it actually mean? What does it actually mean for the consumer? Do they actually just say, meh? or I don't know. You need to knock them off the fence. So the big question that uh, million dollar marketer Dan Kennedy always asks is, why you? Why should people choose to do business with your company above all the other options that they have, including doing nothing? 
I think that's a great approach to take because really people have three options. They can say yes, they can say no, not with you, or they can say maybe, can't they? So what you need to do is get people off the fence, make sure that they're making a decision. You don't want them sitting on the fence. Make a decision that they say yes, or they say no, that's not for me. Okay, now it's time for our HVAC business growth tip of the week. So this week's tip of the week is about how to actually implement the USP. So what I want you to do is just go down to your local office store, your stationery store. You might even have some stuff in the cupboard, but what I want you to do is get some 3x5 index cards. The size actually doesn't matter, but 3x5 is just a bit of a standard. And what I want you to do is for your products and services or for your business, I want you to write down all the features and benefits onto some cards. So ideally, you just do this by having one feature or one benefit per card. So this might take you 20 minutes, it might take you an hour to do. It depends how familiar and hands-on you are with your business. You might want your staff to help you with this process. So what I want you to do after you've completed this is actually just shuffle the cards up and just sit them in a drawer for 24 hours. I really don't want you to try and make any rash decisions straight away. So put the cards in a drawer and just go away and let them simmer, so to speak. And what you're going to do is come back in a day or two, grab the cards out, and I want you to start shuffling through the cards. And having been through this process, you're going to throw some of your ideas out because this was just originally a brainstorming session. So throw out the bad ideas that you just think are total crap and you don't really want to use and keep the good ideas. And with the good ideas, what I want you to do is try and order them in order of importance. So the really big overriding number one benefit that you've got should be on the top of the pile and then it should filter its way down from there. So if you're running a multiple product based business, meaning you're doing different types of heating and cooling systems or air conditioners or whatever you're doing or you're doing different services, then ideally you're doing this process for each product or service that you've got within the business. So you've actually got a unique selling proposition for each item that you actually deliver. So once you've done this, just start with one product or one service and try and actually formulate a USP. So I'll just run over the formula again. What you really want to do is give people the answer to the why you question. So again, Domino's used fresh hot pizza delivered to your door in 30 minutes or it's free. FedEx was when your package absolutely positively has to get there overnight. So there's a couple of examples that you can model or even copy. You can just insert your own benefits or guarantee into that particular statement that I mentioned above. And just try it and have a go. Come up with half a dozen different USPs if you have to. The best one will actually stick out to you. And when you get the best one that sticks out, actually start to use it in your marketing. Start to test it. See if you get an uplift in the quality of the people that are coming to you. See if you get an uplift in sales. See if it's actually easier for your sales team to actually sell the products or services that you're marketing. So if you're actually getting poor results with your marketing right now and bad customers, the reason why you're getting it is your marketing. So if you're not going to market with a strong USP and you're not answering the question, why me? And that's why you're struggling. That's why you're not getting the profits that you deserve in your business. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. That's all we've got time for today. I'm Nick Belowski for HVACBusinessGrowth.com. I'll see you next time.
This has been another edition of the HVAC Business Growth Podcast. For more marketing tips and strategies, go to the website, hvacbusinessgrowth.com.